Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. We're giving kids like <laughs> access to say whatever and you're, you're put her mom on blast in front of the yeah. whole <laughs> And I was like, oh my gosh, like what are, what are they going to say about me? Michelle, I'm recording. I'm recording. We are. <laughs> okay, so. Hello. Hi. We're drinking coffee, laying in Have Michelle's we bed. How to do this? <laughs> uh, no, we're just not used to recording intros and outros together. I know. And you want to have a nap, and so we're just laying in your bed. I know. With the microphone between so us. As soon as you leave, <laughs> I'm going to nap out. Because um, some of my kids are at daycare. Yeah. And that's it's amazing. In, that's incredible. What are we going to do with all this free time? I don't know. I Laundry, mean, according to my mother. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, but you do still have two kids at home. Two and a half. Cause yeah. Two, mid- sometimes three. Yeah. And... You know, there's still the anxiety of the pandemic. Mondays, it's full on five kids. Keeping us hefty. Keeping us hefty. We're losing weight. You look like you've lost weight. You do. Shut your <laughs> goddamn mouth. <laughs> you do. I have not. And I've been running yeah. for six weeks. <laughs> the stamina you have is outstanding. I know. I've, I have not stopped. <laughs> For six weeks, you guys. No, you're doing couch to 5K. I know. I'm on week six. Like, you ran for 21 minutes. I know. I, I did. I would rather get punched in the face with a fist of bees. I know. And I used to feel like that. My parents are runners. And I was like, I don't get it. I don't know why you would do that. Who are you running from? But Who are you running from? <laughs> Um, and like, I was that person where I was like, if you see me running, (laughs) call the cops because I don't run. Um, but no, I have a treadmill and I was like, I should probably use this because I've had it for like five years. Um, and so I just downloaded the couch to 5k and I I do it every other day. First thing in the morning, as soon as I wake up. That's incredible. Yeah. It's been really good. And playgrounds are open now. Yes. So the one directly across from my house is open, and the kids have been there, like, every day. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm not chasing after them with hand sanitizer. Yeah. Well, they wash their hands as soon as they get back, and we're still trying to be cautious, but it's nice to have a little bit more entertainment for them, and the little kids love being at daycare. Uh, The routine is really good for them, and their daycare is being very careful they take their temperature as soon as they get there i have to fill out a form um to fill it every day it's like for the week but um yeah you know if they have any symptoms or anything like that you have to say and then you have to take them back so wow yeah i think like 
it'll also reduce other illnesses that they, that they could catch at daycare. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, flus and colds and things like that. If a kid is coming in and they've got a fever or symptoms, then the parent has to take them back before they can even, like, get into the classroom, right? So yeah. maybe that will help with the other germs that are being spread. But anyway, let's dive in. We're going to interview Megan. Yes, she's a teacher at a French immersion school. Yeah, we don't know much else about her because we've never met her. Yeah, but she uh, was recommended to us by our friend Lena. So shout out Lena. I know you're listening. Hi, Lena. Um, and yeah, we're going to interview her about teaching during a pandemic and how, changes that she's had to make. And hopefully she'll give us some insight on uh, home, no, at-home learning or whatever you yeah, call it. not quite home Emergency schooling. schooling, what we're doing. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited to talk to her. And like to be in a profession where you'd never imagine having to work from home as a school teacher. Yeah. So like now having to navigate. Yep. All of that. Like I, I can't imagine the amount of extra work they have to do for lesson plans and just like adding links to things and yeah. making sure there's enough work for each kid. Also making sure the parents don't feel overwhelmed. Like, it's such a, I don't know, yeah. tough road to walk, I think. Yeah. And we appreciate teachers so much. Like, they actually should be the highest paid profession. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, if anybody of authority is listening, <laughs> please pay teachers more. Give them more money. Yes. Um, and what else is new with us is we mentioned on our last episode that we launched our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going well. We have four Patreons now. Woo-hoo. Um, so a big shout out to our newest members this past week. Um, we have our friend Amanda from Amanda Loves to Hate Teen Mom. Um, it's a podcast that we've guested on and she'll be guesting on our Patreon. Um, and so she's one of ours and somebody named Cam. Yeah. Cam, Thanks, I don't know Cam. who you are, but thank you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate the support. We have one episode up on our Patreon so far. And one's coming up this week. Yeah. And so we have one more coming and we're going to do, if you sign up with us at the $5 level, you get, um, excuse me, alarm. We have two bonus episodes a month, plus a shout out and a message from us. And then with our $8 tier, we have the two bonus episodes, um, a, a video. little bit of a video of us doing something that we haven't quite figured out yet. Maybe a dance? Maybe. Oh, like, like a TikTok compilation oh, Lord, or something? No. We'd have to pay people to look at that. <laughs> um, and then a little bit of merch that we'll send out to you. And uh, again, a thank you and a shout out on our podcast. So yeah, if you are interested... We're at patreon.com slash I did not sign up for this. Yeah, check it out. Um, this episode that's dropping this week, um, you're going to hear the story about internet safety yes. and how one of us was almost abducted. Yes. Uh, real story. So the Patreon episodes are mostly going to be our own trauma, our own drama. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's turning into a lot of my own trauma. I'm like, hey, remember that time when I was a kid? <laughs> we should talk about that. Um, and then we also cover true crime stories that we find interesting. So Yeah, so our first episode, we each watched an ID um, television show and talked about it. So that was really fun. 
yeah, so anyway, sign up if you want to. Um, all right, let's call Megan. Yay! So Megan, hello. It's so good to meet you. Hello, you too. I'm very excited. Oh. And thank you so much for agreeing to be on our little tiny podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. This is so exciting. I was just thinking this morning, like, I don't know if I've ever really been in like a kind of formal or even semi-formal way, like ask my opinion, like, or my perspective as a teacher, um, even just in like conversations with friends and stuff. So I was like, oh, this is such an honor. So I'm, I'm very grateful. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, we when we decided to like launch the podcast in the middle of a pandemic, we were like, there are probably so many interesting perspectives from people like it just experiencing it so differently. Um, so we've interviewed a variety of people and then uh, both Michelle and I have been homeschooling her children. And like, if you don't make a million dollars a year, you really should. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, and the thing too with parents, like, I obviously have had so many parents, like my parents in my class tell me, oh my gosh, like, how do you do it? And I, I have one mom who has five kids. So she's like feeling the same thing as Michelle. And um, I think it's a lot different at, at school. The kids sort of do this like toe the party line thing, right? So they, mm -hmm. this is the classroom situation. This is how, you know, these are the structures, these are the routines and they just fall in line. And not that we're like authoritarian, but there, there's just that social aspect to it right like you're not going to be the one outlier who's kind of like I don't want to do my math you know um, whereas at home and that's like adults as well right like with the people you love and who love you you can be kind of your real raw self and yeah. that that's what the parents get like they're obviously not going to respond to parents the way they do to the rules of the teacher in the classroom so it's really hard at home I think yeah yeah I, I hear a lot of this is stupid I hate this um, my eight-year-old had a 20-minute meltdown over a camel project the other day, Aww. and I'm just thinking, like, you would never do this at school, <laughs> and I, I get it, right? But it's just like, oh my gosh, teachers need millions of dollars. <laughs> well, yeah, and like, I'm lucky this year. I actually just by some weird things with the numbers and, and whatever last year when they were making the classes and... Um, had a couple of kids who left my class this year for various reasons. So I actually only have 15 students, which is like, Oh, wow. Oh, that's really yeah. Cool. So unfortunately doing the class size surveys, I'm like, don't count my class because <laughs> this is not representative. It's the smallest class I've ever had in 11 years. But um, so luckily even in class, it's like pretty, um, you know, I, I can, I have like quality one-on-one -on -one time with each of them every day. So yeah. Yeah. that's really nice. Yeah. Are you, so our friend Lena was the one that recommended um, you. Yes, I love Lena. She's a really dear friend of mine. She's amazing. I do love you, her. Do you uh, teach at the same school or how did you meet? We did. So I actually, we both met at, at um, my first school, my former school. I'm now at a different school. Um, and so is she. But I actually was a student teacher at this school and she was one of my partner teachers like she taught grade six with another girl and I was that girl's um student teacher and so I've known her since I was like a student and then I started working there and we became friends um and then we've just been friends ever since so oh, yeah nice mm -hmm. I met Lena um when we were both pregnant with our first okay babies in uh birth and babies class and then yeah we, we've been friends and her husband was really good friends with my husband and yeah. Um, she's great. 
Yeah, she is. Shout out to Lena. Yeah. <laughs> well, and she listens to our podcast, so she'll hear this. Um, so what grade do you teach? Um, right now I'm teaching grade three, and it's a French immersion class. Oh my God, good for you. Do you want to do this in like a bilingual interview? <laughs> I'm good. Um, that's really good. And so you said you've been a teacher for 11 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so crazy. crazy. Yeah. And have you always taught grade three or like what have you been teaching? Um, I taught grade four or five. I taught grade five my first year. And then I taught a grade four or five split for I think four or five years. Um, and it was a the program doesn't exist in French anymore, but it was the learning and literacy program. So kids with learning disabilities like integrated into the class and there's actually two teachers. Um, So that was really cool. And obviously like I learned so much from my really good friend, Sarah, who was my colleague and she had more experience than I did. And she taught me so much. Um, And just working with those kids, like it gave me so many skills and stuff to use later. And then I taught grade six a bit. Um, and then, um, I actually took a year, uh, like an unpaid general leave of absence, um, a couple years ago to go and be my nephew's nanny down in Arizona. Um, yeah. For my sister. Cause she went back to work, you know, they don't have too much time. And so, yeah. um, when he was like, I guess two or three months old. Yeah. Three months old. So yeah. Um, and then when I came back, I got placed at another school. Um, so now I'm teaching grade three. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. When I hear of people from the States that get like eight weeks or four weeks, like that's just not enough time. Yeah. They're actually the only country on earth that has zero um, uh, paid days. Oh yeah. Every country will give you some paid time, but they, they, you do have to get 12 weeks, but your employer doesn't have to pay you. Right. Um, So it's like, obviously most people can't afford that. Right. So yeah. When you think about the recovery, like even um, if you were have like if you had to have a C section, right? Like it's oh, yeah. they say six weeks of recovery. I mean, I had one, and, and it, I probably felt better within like three weeks. But so like better enough to go to work? No, and like you're up all night, and you're you know yeah. I imagine, and yeah. I also imagine just leaving. I mean, your sister right. would have you, but I couldn't imagine like leaving my newborn baby with somebody else yeah like a daycare will take like I think just like a day old infant there because oh like people, my God. or something like that like maybe I'm exaggerating because I always exaggerate but it's really scary and yeah and like obviously for my sister we're really close and she was like like that could that was the best person who could have taken care of her son and oh. you know I now have like a great bond but I that's actually why I did it because I was like I feel sick at the idea of like a little baby like an infant a few months old going to a daycare you know yeah even the best daycare like it's just not right and she actually didn't feel back to normal until he weaned himself at like 11 months and she was like I finally feel like myself and my body back even though she's not totally sleeping well but imagine she had been at work for like seven months oh that's insane brutal um so yeah so what led you to becoming a teacher like why did you decide to be a teacher oh it's so interesting there's so many teachers who are like I always dreamed of it and I played school with my teddy bears or whatever (laughs) I never really had a career path in mind um and I took two years off after high school kind of just randomly worked and had fun and whatever um went back did a double major in French and Spanish because I wanted to learn Spanish and I already spoke French and I was like might as well do the double yeah and grads coming and I'm like well now what like with this language degree and I had a friend going into the ed program and so I was like you know what like I love learning languages and I would love to 
share that with kids like and help them learn to love languages so I rolled in the French immersion program at U of C like the ed program and that was fine and I did my first practicum and really was not happy it was not a good fit I felt no confidence whatsoever and I was about to drop out actually and second year was starting and I was like you know what I'll just go to my practicum meeting to like see the school and meet the people but like I really don't know and this is one of those things where I really believe in like you know there's a you can find a reason for everything that happens to you and the universe puts things in your way for a purpose and la 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 you know I'm not religious (laughs) and um I walked in the school. It was this beautiful, sunny, warm, you know, those like early September days. It was like still summer. The assistant principal who has forever remained like my mentor. I like get choked up thinking about this. He greeted me. He was so warm and friendly. Everyone was so welcoming. It completely changed everything. I had the best experience. People ended up hiring me for like a couple months. I actually started working kind of illegally because I didn't even have my temporary certificate. I graduated from the ed program on the Friday and on Monday I was in my practicum class because oh my, my God. yeah, teaching for the last two months of school because my partner teacher had a baby and then oh by chance, there was a spot for me in September and then it was just like the rest was history and I stayed there I think for eight years and it was amazing there's like my greatest memories are working there yeah that's so nice yeah. so it was very like I obviously was just meant to do that and truly it was like my life's what's that thing that Japanese term where it's like it's a vocation plus you like it plus it's good for society plus it's fulfilling and that's it's like a four-way Venn diagram and that's like that's what I had so long story but it was just like very um serendipitous I guess how everything happened so that's really good and do you love it today as much as you did on your first day I think it's different. And and I think part of that is like me taking that year away and coming back was, was hard because I was out of the classroom for 14 months because of yeah. two vacations on the either end. And, um, you know, it's sort of the end of an era for me, like my time at that school, some other people left. So it just wasn't the same. And I was at a new school with some familiar faces, but um things were just different and and I think it's it's hard for me transitions like that like big life ones are tough and so well for everybody I guess and yeah so it's just been different I still really really care about it and there are certain like I'm really passionate about literacy um I've been really on this journey of reconciliation like for myself over the last like probably six or seven years so I'm very passionate about being on like the indigenous education committee and stuff so Um, it's just different, but yes, I still am very passionate about education. I, I think what I'm doing is important and it's fulfilling to me. And I really love working with the kids. Like they're just so funny and cute and yeah. That's so nice. I work at the Glembo museum and I love, um, it seems like how like teachers have really embraced the like truth and reconciliation act and, uh, like the amendments to how they're teaching Mm -hmm. in history. And I like, I just love it. That's awesome. Yeah, Lena mentioned that you worked with the Glumbo, and I love the Glumbo. My boyfriend and I are members, and I'm so sad that we can't go there right now because it's like my usual, you know, every few weekends thing is to go and have a oh. so, yeah. Yeah, I think everybody um, within, like, the arts organizations are sort of, like, itching to find out when we're going mm-hmm. back and what it's going to look like. Yeah, I just did, like, a little online member survey for um, Contemporary Calgary about, like, would you come if this what are the measures that are important to you? Like yeah. trying to figure out, you know, how to get 
things kind of going back. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Right? Yeah. Wow. And so kind of switching over to sort of like more COVID specific, when mm-hmm. did you personally notice a shift with COVID? Like, did you, do you remember a date where you were like, oh, wow, this is like, it's on my radar. And then it shifted to, oh, this is very serious. I think it was honestly not till like late February. Cause I remember like in February, went out for my best friend's birthday, whatever. And it wasn't until really late February or maybe even early March. And I do remember t- having a meeting with a parent after school with my student teacher. And we were like, oh yeah, this COVID thing. And he was like, I don't know. Like, you know, like, I don't think it's that serious. Like it was right before things kind of like spiked. Yeah. And and it was just like, yeah, but it's like in China. And my student teacher, um, you know what? Sorry, this is now triggering memory. So in, I think it was like January, she was actually not coming back for the sort of spring semester because she had got, been accepted to do this teaching abroad thing in China. Oh. And it was like after Christmas break, we're going back to work. So it must have been January or late January. And Danny, my my partner, turned to me and he was like, hey, like, you should tell your student teacher not to go to China because he had been reading about it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, like, I'm not her mom. And we have like a really good rapport. We're very friendly. And I was like, but yeah, oh my God, I wonder if she's going. And then like two days later, she texted me and she was like, so you probably heard about this coronavirus thing <laughs> everywhere. And she was like, I'm not going to China. I don't want to go. Like, can I come back? And I was like, definitely. And the students and I were like so happy she was coming back to the classroom. She was amazing. Oh. Um, yeah. So that's probably when is that, that it was like, you shouldn't go to China because there's this virus that's spreading really badly there. And yeah. that was late January, early February. And then she came back to the classroom mid-February. And then from then on, it was kind of like, yeah, I guess it's like spreading and like, hmm, but like maybe, and then it just like blew up. Yeah. yeah. And were there sort of like rumblings amongst your colleagues about like, cause I think Toronto closed schools before we did or like more out East did. Um, so was there sort of just like talking about that? I don't specifically remember. Like, and to be honest, this was all, um, kind of like a weird blur like even when I was thinking kind of preparing for today I was like when did stuff happen and um I I think there were rumblings because we knew that schools and things were happening in other provinces like especially in Ontario and Quebec um but like honestly I didn't know like I actually had been sick with like a cold and I never got tested but I I experienced all my symptoms exactly like I do every cold so like I think I just had a cold I never had a fever like a cough or anything but that final week of school and on the Friday the 13th, I was like, au revoir les amis, like, see you Monday. Like, I I had no clue, you know. Um, and then it was, like, Saturday. We were, all, like, literally day by day. Um, yeah. And, like, Danny and I were supposed to go to Colorado. Like, we were we were still on the Friday. We were like, well, we might still, like, we'll see. Like, let's try to find some rice <laughs> for the plane. Like, and it just happened literally every day so fast. So then by, like, the weekend, it was like, hmm, we don't know. And then by Sunday night then that's when we got the email from I think our principal um and I yes and they were like school is not happening next week and I I remember because one of the moms that I'm like closer with she messaged emailed me and she was like oh my god like it's like school's closed and what's this gonna mean and how am I gonna do this like without your help and she's yes but yeah so and then it just like so that week we were off and I had been really sick. I was at home. And then the week after was my spring break. Cause we're in a traditional. Right. And then just over that time, like that week I was off, you know, I was Skyping into all the staff meetings and every day it was like new info. 
And like, what was that when you got that email from your principal? What was that even like? Because that's truly unprecedented that like schools would close. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, so I have anxiety disorder. So like things, you know, sometimes I'm like, ah, like jars me or whatever, but jarring for everybody, of course. But yeah, I remember checking my email and I basically was like, like, I was just like shocked. Like I was like, is this real? It felt surreal. Yeah. I can't imagine like getting an email like that. And, and I don't know, probably a, a lot of us thought this will never happen. They'll never close the schools. Like they'll figure something out. Um, and then for it to be like, and I remember getting that information too, because I've got three kids in school and it's like, schools are closed probably for the rest of the year. All the kids will move on to the next grade. And it's like, I'm sorry, what? Like, yeah, you're getting emails about picking up stuff from the school and picking up all their belongings. And it was so fast and so shocking. Um, I just remember thinking like, I was, I was so upset for my kids because I knew how much they, you know, miss their, were going to miss their friends. But I was also so upset for the teachers that, you know, just, just like that, you know, their, their students were, were no longer coming into the classroom and they have to completely change the way that they're teaching and everything that they plan for the rest of the year, you know, cause you get, obviously, I mean, you know, you get attached to your students, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was so weird because there were so many layers to it. So like, first of all, just the baseline, like everyone in the world being like, ah, COVID-19, you know, like yeah. it's like so scary and all that. Then that it was like, your life because let's like most teachers like this is not just our job like this is our vocation our we do it in the off hours and the weekend like so it's not just my daily nine to five where I go and clock in and clock out and whatever it's like it means so much more there's a huge emotional um investment and and sometimes burden weight on you teaching like it's not just a job right yeah so to learn like that is going away from you, you know, you're like, oh my God. And I actually started crying. Like I just felt, oh. so, you know, that sort of like when you get hot and sweaty, but shaky crying, like just that panic feeling, I think. Yeah. Cause I was like, what is, and not even about how am I going to teach? Like, I didn't even think of that. I was just like, this is so like effed. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, my kids. Like I was like, like I had a student who was in the middle of like, we were trying to figure out like a diagnosis for him. I, I'm working with my other student with a learning disability and like we're working really hard. Like I was like, my God, what are they going to do? Like they need to come to school and have structure and that routine. It's very distressing. And like, I would even say the word like traumatic for children to yes. have that out from under them. And so right away I was like freaking out for all my kids. I was like, this like cannot be happening. Oh my gosh. And then, like, at that time, like, they didn't, they didn't know that it was, like, closed for the rest of the year. Right. So, like, it was kind of, like, let's see how it goes. Yeah. So then the next week, like, I'm Skyping into all the staff meetings or whatever. And it's, like, you know, we're, like, literally day by day, like, obviously getting more info as they're figuring out what to do, what's this going to look like. And so right away, it was, like, okay, we're going to have to come up with some kind of plan of, like, online learning, like, from the school board, you know. Um, and, like, we have to wait and see what, like, the province says, like, the education minister and everything. Um, and it was like, hold off on, you know, sending books and things home. Cause we just don't know what the plan is going to be. Yeah. Um, and we, and at that point in time, cause I remember I really wanted to know, like, are we going to like go back at all or not? And they're like, we don't know. Like my principal was like, I, I don't, we don't know that yet. Like that has not been told to us or figured out yet. And so that was that week. And then by the end of that week, and I can't imagine 
like working downtown for the school board and having to like figure this out like I would literally be like I'm sorry I'm on a stress leave like (laughs) like, you guys figure this out I gotta go yeah (laughs) because they were probably scrambling to be like you gotta figure this out I'm sure they worked all through my spring break like and then we came back and over that time you know they did say like please just take your spring break like it if you're on the traditional calendar like please do that like we will keep you updated, like, you you know, whatever. So I was still, of course, checking my email every day because I'm like, ah, what's happening? And I'm sure everyone yeah. And we were getting tons of emails, like, from CBE. They right away set up, like, a fact page, like, what to do if you have symptoms. Like, I actually had to fill out a quarantine report, and I wasn't allowed to go to work. Oh, wow, because you had a cold. Yeah, like, I did the Alberta Health Services, like, online self-assessment, and they were like, you probably don't have it, like, because you haven't traveled been in contact with anyone who traveled but like you do have like a cough a runny nose a sore throat so like you should self-isolate for 14 days yeah. so I had to email whatever it was at CBE and then the woman was like yeah like you gotta you cannot come to work and like you have to because we have a, a zero tolerance policy for if you have symptoms and right. you need to about this quarantine form and like stay home I was like oh geez and so, so were the other teachers going to work like just to clean out the classroom, like why would they be going into the school? So the week of the 15th, like that we, we were all still at work. Well, I wasn't, but everyone was, and there were no kids. Um, and they had to sit like social distance in like the gym or like a huge library to do staff meetings and stuff. And they're basically just there because like, we're still working full time. Nobody said like, you have the week off, you know? Um, And it was just like have meetings and figure things out. And I know that a lot of people did, like look at their kids journals and write some notes and like the last things they did because we knew we would be sending that stuff home right that's so sad it's so sad so yeah like over the week like spring break at the end of March they you know kept emailing us the ATA like our our uh, professional organization they kept emailing us they had a fact page like you know everybody was giving us a lot of info of like what to do if here's these resources la 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 and most of it was like if you're sick do this you know like Right. Um, And even as we were, this was all happening, like it was like things were getting updated based also in like the federal and like provincial guidelines. So I remember at first they were like, well, if you travel, you know, like be careful kind of thing. And then it was like, well, actually, if you choose to leave like after because like there's a travel ban. So if you choose to leave after this date, um, like your health insurance isn't going to cover if you like get coronavirus abroad because you're violating like so it like, you know like all of us, like the daily updates from like the province and like the federal government. But yeah. Um, yeah. Looking at the bank, it was like that too. It was like every day we were getting a new email from head office and right. it was, if you travel to these countries, you need to self quarantine. And then that list got bigger. And then, like you said, if you choose to travel to the States after this date, um, when you come back, you have to self quarantine. Right. And yeah. It was like a day to day. Literally. It changed every day and it's so hard for me to like keep track of it all. Oh yeah. And so then when I went back to work after Easter Monday, like that week, um, I was just like, holy smokes. Like, you know, by then we had had some guidelines. The CB emailed us and said, okay, here's what's happening. Cause the education minister was like, okay, everybody's getting a report card, you know? And so every school board had to figure out like, how's that going to work? La la la. And so you know, they, they set up the guidelines. Okay. You're only going to be, you know, it's only going to reflect work up till March 15th. La, 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 la. Um, and so we had to plan, like, let's get our Google classroom ready. Like I am on a team with two other women. And so we had 
we were in every day for two weeks in, at the beginning of April, just like sitting really far apart in different corners of a classroom, figuring out like, how does Google Classroom work? How are we going to do this? What's the lesson going to look like? And just getting our heads wrapped around that side of like emergency online teaching, as they call it. So, because I all. imagine like, was that ever in your all of your education? Like there was never like a, hey, pandemic 101, uh-huh. here's how you'll continue to teach. No, we had like no idea. And and that was my first thing. Uh, I was like, because I'm like a, you know, disaster thinker. So I'm like, how the hell is this going to work? Like I was, because and also my kids are the oldest kids in the school. So I'm like, at least my kids are like semi independent and like competent at doing things. I've also been using Google tools all year like I have a shared Google Drive whenever we get the Chromebooks or go use the computer lab like they all know how to navigate to get to it and open the doc with the links to the reading website like at least they know that like my god and I had taught them how to use Google like read and write extensions so like any website or anything they're doing that's like toolbar pops up and it'll do like speech to text or text to speech for them to help them read and write so luckily I had that set up but even then, it was, like, obviously a learning curve for them and, and their parents, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah I was going to ask you about that because my son is in grade five, and, and he used Google Classroom a lot in his class. So it was a little bit more seamless for him to um, do the at-home learning. He could uh, navigate through, and there was a message board, and mm-hmm. um, the teacher was posting all the assignments there. But for my um, grade three, it's still a lot of, you know, they're, they're using websites for games or websites for um, videos and things like that. But almost all of her work is print off sheets and then I need to scan it and send it back. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, and that alone is just a lot of, I mean, I didn't have a functional printer for weeks. So then I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to print this stuff off and, you know, scan it back to them. And it, it became, you know, a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a nightmare trying to navigate all of their, all of their schoolwork. Oh, totally. And I mean, from the beginning, one of the main things that CB conveyed to us in like webinars I listened to, all the, um, you know, communication they provide to us about online learning, um, they were like, you're going to have to be very cognizant of the fact that like a huge amount of kids are not going to be able to do, like they don't have a printer. They might not even have like the technology, like they might have one iPad at home, you know? Yeah. They might have, and so we were told, like, it's surprising to me that your your child's teacher, which, like, not to criticize them, but that they're doing a lot of paper stuff because, um, we were told that, like, you know, try your best to make it as accessible as possible. And for people who don't have access to things, like, we're lending out Chromebooks or we're printing packages that they can safely come and pick up or whatever. But, um, all of our stuff is just like write it on a Google Doc. Like we create the Google Doc and then make a copy for every kid. So when they log in and they see the assignment and you know whatever, listen to the story that we recorded, they can just type it up in the Google Doc and we can see it there in Google Classroom. And that's partly why we chose Google Classroom. Like it's all very seamless and like things are linked together. But yeah, it's just um, like and I had a few parents. I had a few phone calls where they were like, "We are freaking out." Like we, it's just so much. We have to sit with them and do everything, la la la. And I was like, you know what? Like you, you actually like do your best. Have them like reading and writing and playing some math games that they already know that I've already taught them. But like, don't freak out if you can't do this all. Like we're literally in an emergency. Like that's, and we're providing emergency online learning, and that's what it is. Like, 
Yeah. And yeah. Because it, it, it can look really overwhelming when you look at the the workload that's being sent. Mm -hmm. And I understand why it's being sent um, because, you know, you, you guys, the teachers want to be able to give resources to the kids and to the parents who feel like their children are going to fall behind or that they need to have this stuff daily. Um, and then it, it, it gets to a point where it's like, this isn't worth the stress, the, you know, the tears, the, I don't know, the hair pulling out all of those things. Right. right? So right. we're completely as we can, but it's, 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 you know, things are still getting not, not complete. Yeah. And you can only do what you can do. And that's what I said to these parents. Like, you know what, at the end of the day, like, I mean, not, obviously I'm not saying like, who cares about their education, but yeah. in only a few months, like they're not going to be drastically behind. Also in the fall, every single teacher on earth is like, oh, my students missed a third of the school year last year. So yeah. taking that into account, you know, like, and the thing is, I, I mean, for us, maybe the French immersion, like, yeah, we're a little concerned that they might lose some of their French. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109 because like even usually over the summer it kind of like they lose a bit so in three months it's like oh but yeah at the end of the day it's only a little bit and for the young kids like they will catch up and it's fine and I said to the mom like you can only do what you can do and yeah during this time where we're all stressed anyway it's not worth adding more like if if that's all it's doing is adding this huge emotional strain on the family like don't do it you know like it's just not worth it yeah. And you can find other little things like, oh, let's talk about measuring in this recipe or let's, you know, measure this distance, like, or, you know, like you can incorporate little math talks and science talks in your daily life. And like, that's also education, right? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I took kids on a nature walk and it was like a few weeks ago. So all the trees were budding and I was like, hey guys, see how all these trees are budding. And like, <laughs> I was like, how do I make this slightly educational? Yeah. And that's the thing too, is like, then you feel like you have to um, like compensate for something that's happening. And I think that's what's happening for a lot of people. And yeah, especially the parents, like they think they're, they're like, Oh, I'm, I have to homeschool my children. And I'm like, honey, you are not homeschooling. And no one <laughs> like homeschooling is actually this like official thing where you like have to I don't know, you have to submit to whoever is in charge, whatever authority it is in the province. Yeah. It's like a big deal. And I'm like, you're maybe kind of sit in the same room for half an hour where she tries to click through that Google doc and write something. <laughs> That's all you have to do. <laughs> you know, like, and, and the parents are working and they're, I mean, so it's like, well, you can just, they can, all they can do is what they can do. And we've tried to write instructions that are like kid friendly because at least for our kids, like they can a little bit work alone. But yeah. like, I have some friends teaching grade one and they're just like, Oh man, like our kids, like they can't do it alone. The parents literally yeah. have to save them. And they sent a survey out and like exactly 50% of the parents were like, it's too much work. Don't give so much. And then the other 50 was like, it's not enough. Give more. And they were <laughs> like, oh, God. but that's what it is. Right. Like for yeah. and in the classroom, you would be personalizing everything and adjusting things for so-and-so and this person and that person. And now it's just like, here's the lesson. <laughs> Yeah. yeah.
um, we've already even talked at our school, like, and I believe that it, 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 like, it came from our principal, but I think she was, like, this was communicated to her from, from higher up, so I'm sure at other schools, too. We've already talked about, you know, obviously my students are going to the next school, but for the kids who are moving up and staying within the school, um, like, even preparing for the teachers, like, here's some of the, the concepts we didn't get to that they yeah. might need, like, review on um, for next year, and you know, I'm sure, like, as we move forward, the CBE will also be giving us, like, guidance and, and uh, expectations for, you know, like, the fall. Like, you can't start the fall. And, and even, like, we assess them. Like, if they have a report card in December or January, we might be doing assessments in November. Well, that's only a few months in. I can't really measure them according to the regular rubric for reading or writing or whatever. Um, so I'm sure they'll be giving us like some information about how to adjust like assessment and like expectations because yeah, we have to take this into account. One of the funny things that I've taken away from this is I distinctly remember in school learning like, I don't know, fractious something and thinking I am literally never going to need to know this again. And now I find myself being like, okay, so a Venn diagram <laughs> is, and yeah. then trying to, and you're like, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I and I, yeah, yeah. Like, there was one math problem that Julia, who's in grade three, had, and me and Michelle both read it, and we both understood it differently. So then I sent a picture to one of my friends who's an engineer. He gave me feedback on what he thought, which was completely different than what we thought. So then I messaged, I video chatted with my partner who's working from home, and I was just like, Lindy, like, I nobody understands what this is, <laughs> and like. Yeah. Julia was just sitting there in tears because we were all just like, like so I, all these adults that she's looking to for help are like, I don't know, girl. I don't know. And that's, that's really like a, a meme that you see where the, it's like, why are kids math questions so complicated? Like we, all these adults can't even figure it out. Like yeah. I yeah. <laughs> we try to give them more like, um, kind of like not like little situations that they're, like, you know, explain to us how this works, like film a video, kind of like more um, like mathematical thinking problems and stuff, because it is so hard to teach the concepts like from afar and without like concrete, like manipulatives or objects. So, yeah. Yeah. And like you said, like, some kids learn so differently. So if you were in the classroom, you could, um, you know, take that time for them to show them the concept a different way. Right. Um, but in this way, it's just a blank, like, okay, here you go. Here's the concept. And then it's up to kind of the, the kids or the parents to figure it out. Um, I've never been strong in math. So it, it's not it's not a great situation over here for, for yeah. my kids doing math. But uh, thankfully, they're smarter than me. So for the most part, <laughs> I figure it out. But And I will I fell in love with long division again. Yes. Like, and also, like, the way the ways that kids like, or even like the curriculum and the way that they present math now is obviously different than how I learned. Like when I was little, multiplication, it was like, well, do it like this and just put a zero in the second line. And it's like, why? Well, I seriously, not until I was in my mid twenties or late twenties teaching math to grade fives was like, oh, well, it's because now we're multiplying the hundreds. Right. Yeah. Oh, or like carry the one over here. And I'm like, well, that's because if you have 11 ones, you actually have one one and a ten and they're like 
oh. And when you explain that to them, they're like, oh, yeah, so that makes sense why we're doing this. And I'm like, I literally went through my entire life where it's just like, carry the one. I'm like, I don't know what that one is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> I, I didn't think about it because they were like, just carry the one. And nobody ever said to me, put it in the tens because it's a 10. They were just like, carry the one. It's like, okay, I'll carry the one. I don't know what I'm doing, but I can do it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah so it's also that they're learning in a different way and that's really hard because every generation of course like from when I went to school to now kids going to school they're learning in a different way so if I was to help them like if I was a mom at home I'd be like well I don't know how to do it the way you're doing well and they're like well we have to show the work like how did I get that answer and it's like well you you just got it like what do you mean how did you get it (laughs) yeah it's so frustrating I totally feel for people with kids at home right now like I can barely keep my own head screwed on straight so I don't know how parents are managing little people as well um we've kind of already touched on this but what are you finding the most challenging aspect of like being a teacher working from home so I struggle to focus so it's really hard for me during the day like sitting in my quasi office that's also my sewing room like trying to do stuff um but for me the most frustrating thing is like that we're not in person like Mm -hmm. I will we try to word the instructions on the assignments like so clearly that the grade threes can read it and like putting it in steps but then someone will comment like I don't understand and then I see that I don't know hours or a day later when I look at and then I'm like oh can you explain to me what you don't understand and then they get back to me the part about like it's just so hard to communicate when it's so disjointed that way Whereas if we were face-to-face, I could, like, show them and say, oh, well, hear this, hear this. And it's so hard to do that this way, like, virtually. So I've had to do, like, Google Meets just, like, one-on-one with kids to be, like, okay, so I'm going to share my screen with you. So you click on this and then look at this and it says this. Like, it's so hard for them to do it alone and that you're not there. Yeah. 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 And do you have a lot of, like, do you have a weekly Zoom meeting with your kids or, like, a daily one? Um, so I set it up to have, um, like, one meeting a week. I do two of them, but I have eight kids each time or eight or right. seven kids. So um, we usually give them, like, a French oral language topic. So this week I think it was their favorite book. They had to sort of present and talk about it. And they they prepare ahead of time like it gets posted on Monday and then my meetings are Thursday and Friday so I see everybody once a week um unless sometimes like some kids join both meetings just to have a little bit of extra practice or whatever but yeah um, yeah that's what I've been doing I was doing like three times a week and then or four times a week actually but then some days there'd only be like two people who signed up and one of them wouldn't show up and so the person yeah. would themselves so I was like oh, let's have a bigger group because I have such a small class so yeah I was going to say, like, do you have any students that have just fully ghosted, like, everything? Like, you don't, you don't have any kind of work being handed in or any, them attending any meetings or anything like that? Uh, yes. Yeah. I had one student where um, they, I think they did, like, a couple things in the very first week when we were saying, here's, like, what we're using and just put, we put some kind of, like, whatever assignments just to, like, practice navigating Google Classroom. And they did that, and then they were kind of MIA, and I had a few kids who were kind of MIA, and so I emailed the parents, and they were like, okay, yeah, we're like, you know, it's kind of hard, we're getting settled, whatever, and I was like, okay, cool, just want to make sure everything's fine, like, you know, no obviously it's not, like, mandatory, they're they're not going to fail or something if they don't do it, just want to check on you kind of thing. And then one of them, like, still wasn't really 
doing anything, not showing up to any of the Google Meet. So I emailed the parents and they just said, like, yeah, we're not doing it. Like, it's just a lot for them to work while we're working and we're doing these other things that are more like that are easier for them to do independently while we're working and so I was like okay like um because that is like their prerogative obviously and and uh you know for whatever reason if it's like not a good fit for them then they do have the choice to do like other stuff so yeah yeah and is there conversation starting around what classroom teaching is going to look like when schools reopen a little bit so like I think it was like a few weeks ago the education minister um did say like you know there's a few possible scenarios like one just going back like usual to um going starting I think like online learning only or three having like kind of a mix um but obviously like nothing's decided and uh, as far as how fast like COVID has changed and whatever like September is kind of like far away in that sense yeah like it feels like it's so soon but it's forever away still yeah like a few months like so much could change and you know like also the specialists or whatever the medical professionals talk about like maybe a second wave and stuff so there's still a lot that's unknown um but yeah they have talked and they they have asked us like please don't speculate because we really don't know what's going to happen and yeah like don't don't panic and but of course we are because it's like oh my god what if we're all online or you know like um but yeah there's definitely nothing that's like there's obviously they're they're acknowledging like we need to figure out what's happening in the fall but um I don't think even any like ideas have been proposed or anything because it's just still so unknown I've heard so many things like oh like kids will be doing alternate day or alternate week to like reduce the amount and like the, all I keep thinking about is like but what are the parents gonna do like well but I, I don't even know where that information is coming from right like if, if there's nothing concrete coming out I listen a, a very it... credible source called <laughs> Facebook <laughs> I think a lot of it right now is just speculation and fear um I, I've heard a lot of people saying like I'm not going to send my kids back to school if they need to social distance or the, all these rules and for me I'm like I that must be nice that you can kind of decide that you're not going to send your kids back um and homeschool them but not everybody has that option yeah you know I have I have five children I work right um, I'm on a leave of absence right now but I work um usually four days a week um I've got three in school and two in daycare well my kindergarten goes both half and half um I I can't just make that choice to stay home and not only for um I mean financial reasons but like sanity I mean, I, I would drop my kids off at school right now if I could. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like that probably, I don't know what percentage I'm like 99% of parents, like they can't just not, they can't, what are they going to do with their kids? Like, it's not that we're like a babysitting service, but it's just like the way society functions is like everybody in their place in the daytime, like kids go to school and parents go to daycare and parents go to their job. And so if one of those parties is not doing their thing, it's like, <laughs> until I get an email from the school telling me, right. In the fall, this is what's happening. Then I will, you know, make a decision, but yeah, I have to send my kids to school with a face mask. I'm probably sending them to school with a face mask. Like, yeah. Listen, I, Kate had to wear a face mask the other day at the doctor and she was so cute. She was so cute. They're think- adorable. <laughs> Yeah. And like, you know, the thing, there's so many layers to it and that's why it is so complex 
Yeah. Um, like my best friend has three kids. Um, one is supposed to start kindergarten in the fall and then, you know, one in grade four, one in grade six. Um, and she was saying like, she just doesn't even know if she feels comfortable with them going to school. Like she's like, it's just like, well, what's the, and of course that's going to be based on like, what are the measures in place and everything like that. So she said too, like, it's an unknown, but like right now when she thinks about it, it's like kind of scary. Yeah. And then, you know, there's so many, like, there's so many layers to it that are complicated by the fact that it's a, it's children and it's at a school. Like yeah, part of the, the thing, keep your distance, don't touch stuff, wash your hands, all those things that you can do for yourself that keep you and other people safe. Well, we cannot, like children can't be expected to do those things because there's going to be a high rate. Like th- those things are only effective if there's like user compliance, but there's yeah. going to be a high, high rate of user error in yeah. children because they're disgusting no yeah. I tell them all the time I'm like no you're gross please don't touch me and they're like hey I'm like uh, I'm sorry I saw you pick your nose like what yeah so they they just and, and they mean well like it's funny because oh. I always I I'm in a sort of like an, a now built-in portable I'm at the very end of the hallway and we actually don't have a sink in our classroom we have hand sanitizer and we talk a lot about yes you can freely go down the hall to the bathroom wash your hands whenever like if you blow your nose and stuff just go um but we talk about like germs and how things spread. And I'm like, well, actually you guys, like the reason why we say don't touch your nose, your mouth, your eyes is like mucous membranes and things can go through easily. La, la, la. Like I actually explained it to them to get them to like buy in. That's right? really smart. So, yeah. And so, but even still like they mean well, like they're old enough, they're eight and nine. They're not like, you know, a toddler putting their hand in their mouth every five seconds, but they still, even in their well-meaning ways, if COVID-19 was in the classroom, like it would get spread to everybody in one day. Yeah. 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 Like, and I'm not trying to be dramatic. Like I, I just, we're in a small space. A classroom isn't huge. Also like there's class sizes like that are insane, you know, 30. With the size of your classroom and the amount of students you have, could you even physically set it up so that everybody was six feet apart? Maybe with my 15 kids, if I took out like the bookcases and all the right. stuff. Yeah. But I don't even know. Also, is it realistic for little people to sit at their desk in their safety bubble that's two meters away from everyone all day? No. Yeah, no. Like they got to get up and move. And like, do you know how many times somebody like loses their pencil? Like, <laughs> I used to do this thing where we actually, this was insane because I'm an insane person. We would write our name or our initials on every single pencil crayon that we had and pencil and eraser and scissors and um, pencil sharpener. And then if, and cause I said, then friends, if anything's on the floor and we find it, when we clean up at the end of the day, we know whose it is like, Oh, or yeah. but then it turned into like, you know, something on the floor. Who's MH? Who's JP? And then it's like, oh, oh, that's Bobby Joe's pencil. And like, they're children. They can't keep track of these things. So yeah, they're being for dropping their pencil on the ground. Yeah, like the rate of of items and and bodies and whatever cross whatever it's called, like touching and whatever. I think would be really high. I don't know, you know, that you could count on kids. And then like recess, what? Like, yeah. We just said that yesterday, and I was like, oh my god, recess. Yeah. Like, how would they, do you just not have recess? That's not allowed. But, like, yeah. how can they just run around in the park? Even then, when just, like, runs six feet away from each other just <laughs> for 20 minutes and then comes back inside. <laughs> right? Like, it's just, like, when I think of it, I'm just, like, oh, my gosh, I just don't even know how you do yeah. it. 
or like alternate days like there are adults who you know mindlessly touch their face or stick a pen in their mouth or um you know walk too close to the other person right you know even even for adults it's hard to remember those things to remember to um you know not touch things or not share things or not mindlessly grab something yeah Um, so yeah for kids I can't even I can't even imagine well we went to superstore and I'm like kind of like at the beginning like I've gone through phases but like at the beginning I was like pretty anxious we went to superstore and this was like really early because it was before they were saying like please only one person at a time and partway through Danny goes you know you've touched your face three times and he said it and I was like oh my god and this was like, <laughs> her, like wearing masks and stuff. And I was like, before we went, I was like, we need to be vigilant. La la la. And that's, yeah. you know, so of course a child who does not even have like their brain developed all the way in their frontal lobe to like do these things. Like, of course they're not like, they just can't, like they're not physically yeah. going to do it. Oh, so yeah. Or like people were talking about like maybe a combination of like in person and online and all the teachers I've talked to, like, that is not physically possible for us no just the logistics of that seems like a nightmare well i i like i literally cannot in my assignable hours do that work like right right now because that was what i was going to say earlier too about like how much work we're giving like we've been told how much work to give we're supposed to give a five for my grade level five hours of work a week right and we're only doing english french and math because french because we're french merchants yeah and so I'm only planning ELA, my colleague is planning French, and my other colleague is planning math to make, like, the workload better and just make it more seamless. And I literally, um, a lesson where it would have taken five minutes of planning now takes hours for me. Because yeah. formerly, I would have written in my day plan nonfiction. And I would know in my brain as an experienced teacher, I'm going to read a nonfiction textbook. I'm going to put on the smart board the little slides of nonfiction text features. We're going to read through them, talk about it. Maybe I'd spend five minutes photocopying um, like the nonfiction book discussion cards to hand out to them. And that's it. But now I'm like typing them up digitally, making it into a PDF, writing out the instructions, reviewing it a bunch of times to make sure they're clear for the kids, making a video of myself talking, redoing the video because at the very end I messed up and I had to restart. Like, <laughs> You know, so there's no way that I could do teaching in person and like a, a full complement online. It just wouldn't be yeah. able to prepare all of that and, and assess all of that. Like it would, I don't know. So that's what I heard from a lot of teachers that the workload is so much more now than it was before. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me you're not sitting on your deck <laughs> drinking mimosas. I fully wish, and I will not lie, I thought when they were like online teaching, once we got Google Classroom organized and I like I was only planning ELA and I was like, you know, I know I'm still gonna have to check everyone's work for all three subjects and give them little feedback and whatever, but it's not like we're, you know, it's not nearly the same as being in the class. I was like, oh, I'd probably be able to like do stuff during the day, like do a little workout, read my book for lunch. <laughs> like maybe I'll like do some baking while I have my computer there. No. I literally I get up, like I get my coffee, I sit at my computer. And somehow it's 3.30 and I'm like, what? Like I'm in a tunnel. How did the day go by? It's so slow. And that might just be like, I'm a very hyper frenetic pace kind of person. And the dramatic change from my day 
I read something once, a study where they said that teachers actually make more split second decisions than a neurosurgeon. Oh, wow. Because of the number of people we have and then the the number of complexities in each person and then the number of complexities of each person interacting with each other person and then the number of complexities of all the subject matter teaching. Like it's like layer upon layer of like exponentially more and more. And so your brain is just like all day. Yeah. And so for me to go to like, I guess I'll get up. I'll check my email. I'll write this thing. It's like so different that it's making me so brain dead. Yeah. Oh man. And does your partner work from home or are they off work? He, so he owns his own surveying business. And so, and so really he doesn't interact with like people except his assistant during the day. And so he, work had slowed down a little bit and he's, you know, maybe working like half as much. It's a little bit picking up now only, but um, since things started, like he was still working maybe two days a week, three days a week at the most. So he would like be here and then, or not, you know, kind of half time. Um, But he would know to like stay in the basement or if he heard me talking, not to just like pop into the room in case he like said something weird on a Google meet or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) He's taken up the mandolin again, you know. Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) Yeah, you know, everybody doing all their like whatever quarantine things to like keep themselves you know, because you get not like bored, but it's almost I've been talking to friends like with kids, without kids, kind of like listless. Like I'm like, um, I don't really feel like watching Netflix. Like that's not that interesting. I don't really feel like reading like meh. I don't even want to like scroll on TikTok. Like just nothing is like yeah. interesting. You're kind of like blah. Um, I guess there's like a sense of like monotony almost because every day is really, really, really the same. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you're partner has tried any of those tiktok challenges on you like if you're distracted on a meet is he like walking in flashing you (laughs) oh my god i would die so he he um he's one of those like he scoffs at me that i like finally got tiktok and i don't make any i just like look at them and he's just like oh "Oh, you're you're not cool like he's (laughs) yeah if tiktok has taught me anything it is that i am not cool no yeah and, like, some people have been, like, you know, I, I remember at the beginning they were, like, if you don't come out of this quarantine, whatever, developing all these new skills, you wasted your time. <laughs> I was, like, yeah, totally. But then after I started seeing stuff where they were, like, actually, we're in a global crisis. So, like, it's okay if you don't want to, like, learn Spanish right now. Yeah. yeah. And I, for me, it's, like, I, I've talked about this a few times. As soon as school was announced that it was not happening and everyone is going to be doing at-home learning immediately my Facebook feed was filled with parents who were saying oh look at this website for this and this website for that and if you want extra work here or this is the schedule that we're doing for homeschooling and I wanted to throw up I'm like I can't even picture um at-home teaching three children with two other uh you know three-year-olds who you know they went to Montessori daycare so they're also used to doing a lot of um education and things like that throughout the day and then you know all of these I don't know just the pressure of um make sure you check out this and if you want to teach them extra things do this and I'm just like I can't I I will keep them alive yeah like I cannot I can barely keep them fed like the amount of food that we go through in a day and the schoolwork on top of it all um and and feeling the pressure of, I don't know, needing to do more and more and more, right. and try to keep up with all these other people who 
are, are doing extra things, it, it's just, it's exhausting. Yeah, we were, like, flooded. Like, teachers, too. Like, yeah. there's all these resources for online learning. And I was just, like, you know, and at first I was, like, ooh, these are cool. And then a colleague was, like, you know what? Like, we can't just, like, be, like, sending all this to parents. That's too much. Like, yeah. overwhelming. Yeah. It's overwhelming. And that's also the thing. Like, the expectation that it's, like, well, you have all this free time. Like, do those renos you've always meaning to do. <laughs> and it's, like, but also I don't feel like it. Like, yeah. I, I'm probably some kind of situationally depressed or something because I like feel fine, but I'm also kind of like, I don't really feel like doing anything lots of the time. Like some days I feel so amazing. I'm like, woo. And some days I'm like, I just want to relax on the couch. Like, yeah. And, yeah. That's, and I've just been trying to have, you know, I think what would be more beneficial to everybody is to have um, like a perspective of like self-compassion where it's like just do whatever you feel like doing at the time yeah. without any judgment on I should be maximizing or I should be relaxing or whatever it's like you know just those days that you're like I feel so sad this is scary I'm scared my parents will get sick whatever just yeah. let that happen and then the days where you're like I'm gonna bake cookies and like I'm going on a bike ride and like doing stuff calling friends whatever do that too and yeah. Um, that's kind of been my like approach, just even like my background from, um, you know, treating my anxiety and stuff, like try to have that self-compassion. Don't judge yourself for however you're feeling, just let it be. And then, you know, do the things that you need to do to not be overwhelmed by those feelings, but like, yeah. just let them kind of flow through the best you can, which, um, anyone who knows me can attest to the fact that I am not the expert at doing that by any. <laughs> yeah. That is really good advice. The intent is there, right? And yeah. I actually did like a quarantine journal when I was like really sick and on the couch for that first week, um, like a scrapbook. And yeah. that's really interesting. Like I have written down, like, here's how I've been feeling, like, you know, overwhelmed, scared, curious, inquisitive, whatever. And then like the phases, like at first I was like panic, then anxiety, then I was kind of resigned to it. Then I was like, oh, I, this is kind of like, there was like a time where there was like novelty to it, where I was like, oh, this is like weird and like it was not fun, but it was novel, you know, we're all at home and we're all listening to these podcasts and like everyone's watching their shows and like, we're all like, Ooh, I'm, I'm quarantined. Like, yeah. <laughs> that kind of like, Oh, it's crazy kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway. So the journal has been good. I've been like collaging and it'll be like a good keepsake. I think so. Oh, it'll be sure. like in 30 years, it'll be so interesting to look back on. Yes. Yeah. One thing I have found that really cheers me up. And then also, you know, when you get in that sort of like um, very sentimental state and you see something nice and you're like, oh, damn it. And you cry because it's like, <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> so I I have really enjoyed when I'm out and about looking at and taking pictures of all the signs that they put up everywhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like I was driving down 17th Ave, driving home the other day. And um, what's that old like? It's on like the west side of Crow Child and there's like a really old general store and there's like a big billboard on top from and it was like from your Muslim community. Like it was a certain um like mosque group who had like obviously paid to have this up, but it said something from the Quran about like after a really hard time comes ease. And they're like, We'll get through this together. And I got so choked up. Aww. That's really nice. And, like just seeing those messages, you know, or on businesses where they're like, We're gonna get through this, stay strong thank you healthcare workers and everything like it just really um uplifts me to know like you know people we are all kind of like together in a way because this is like a shared experience by literally everyone yeah yeah 
so there's that, you know, and I've been talking to my students too. Like every week I touch base with them about like, how are you guys doing? Like, are you okay? And, you know, sometimes they're like, my brother won't play with me. And, oh, I've been yeah, we did like a thing in my class. We wrote words of kindness and put them in little envelopes and gave one to every class, like not that long ago, actually. And so I, when I went to work a few weeks ago, I brought ours home. And so I've been taking a card out and reading it to the kids and it's stuff that they wrote like in their own writing. And it's like, you are beautiful. You are you are special. You're an important member of the classroom community and whatever. So um, the request has been that I take a picture of one and put it on the Google Classroom every day so that they have a little bit of like so that, you know, like we, the kids remind me, like we're all, I guess like, yeah, community together. And like, that's so valuable, even in this time where we're like physically apart. So yeah. yeah. Uh, it's funny. I, I, I'm sure you've heard some crazy things on Zoom meetings and stuff like that. My son's first Zoom meeting, I um, overheard one of the kids saying, because the teacher was like, oh, what have you guys been doing? And and the one girl said, well, my mom sleeps every day until like one o'clock. So I have to walk the dog and, and oh get a nice cereal. And I was like, oh, my. like we're giving, we're giving kids like access to say whatever. And you're, you're just put her mom on blast in front of the yeah. whole <laughs> And I was like, oh my gosh, like what are, what are they going to say about me? Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Megan, thank you so much. This was really, really nice. Thank you both for having me. And like, I hope, um, I don't know if anybody will find my insight very enlightening, but I enjoy the conversation. All right. We'll talk to you later, Megan. Thanks. Thanks so much. Bye. 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 Michelle. <laughs> I literally almost said Megan. <laughs> <laughs> you want her to be your new best friend. I see. Well, I she see. was lovely. She was great and very, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, she was super lovely and like down to earth. Yes. And really encouraging as a parent to hear from a teacher, to hear that, you know, just try to do our best, but don't stress out if it's not worth, you know, the pain or the meltdowns from the kids. Just try to go about it a different way. And that's what you know, we're doing as much work as we can, but we're also um, taking breaks when it's just not worth the, yeah, the pain from the children. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was really interesting. And even just to hear her perspective on like, you know, like thinking about like how classrooms operate in general mm-hmm. and then thinking about the ways of like proposed changes post-COVID. Yeah, and I know, like, obviously she can't confirm anything because yeah. nothing has been decided, but um, it's certainly front of mind, you know, with everything on the news talking about, you know, the public school or school systems are doing surveys to find out what the fall might look like. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of neat to talk to a teacher from their perspective and, like, what it's like yeah. to work from home. Yeah, it, it must be just so strange and like what she was saying you know you're not in the classroom you can't just quickly help a kid answer their questions it's like a they message you then you've got to message them back and then yeah. you know it could what could normally take five minutes might take an entire day to kind of help them nail down something so yeah it it just must be so strange to to be in that position as a teacher um I really felt when like I hadn't really given it much thought about um, like the parents who have kids with some like special learning needs yes, or, you know, kids that maybe are um, on the autism spectrum mm-hmm. who 
like thrive on routine and you know the extra support that they get Mm -hmm. suddenly that's all taken away from them and that just like hurts my heart I know and you know the teachers feel so worried for those kids right because they know what they need and that maybe they can't get it at home because there's more kids or the parents are working or you know and I think that that's such a big part of the job is to be able to tailor education to certain children to help them and to move them along and to know that this is kind of a blanket plan for everybody and it's not going to fit everybody. That's got to be difficult too. Yeah. As someone who has tried on many one size fits all outfits, (laughs) I can tell you that one size fits all is often not correct. No, it is not. And I think that applies here, too. <laughs> deep. That's real deep. <laughs> um, as always, you can find us on social media at uh, Instagram is I did not sign up for this dot podcast. And Facebook is I did not sign up for this. And <laughs> I did not sign up for this. I think. I Did I? Um, and we've already gabbed on and on about it. But join our Patreon. We're having a lot of fun doing it. Um, it's patreon.com slash I did not sign up for this. And I would keep an eye on our Instagram because we are going to have some giveaways coming up. Woo-woo! Yeah. And guys, we have 302 followers. And I just, I'm like, I don't know, like, what does it mean to have more followers? I don't even know. Well, but we were at we were at 297 forever. Now we're at 302. Now I'm just like, I want like a nice, more round number. Like She's a getting greedy, folks. So, 305. I don't know. Like Shoot people. for the stars, man. 350. <laughs> <laughs> so tell your friends about us. And also, you should leave, leave us a review. Yes. Like on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Yeah. Tell everyone yeah. if you want to tag us in your stories when you listen to us, um, just to get the word out. We would really appreciate it because we are loving this. We are having so much fun. And yeah, we'd love for more people to hear us. Yeah. All right, uh, we should go find out what kid wanted what. <laughs> All right. Okay, bye. Bye.